the cyborg serves as a tool for imagining and critiquing the integration of life into digital processes. To invoke the cyborg is to critically consider the dreams and nightmares of a world where the human body cannot be disentangled from the machines it has created. The term cyborg was coined by the cybernetic researchers Manfred Kleins and Nathan Klein in 1960. The word combines cybernetic with organism. And in doing so, it attempts to imagine the engineering of systems of feedback and control that would incorporate or be coextensive with the living body. Kleins and Klein were seeking solutions to the problems posed by the volume of information an astronaut must process, as well as the environmental difficulties of spaceflight. The cyborg is startling because it imagines the human body as entirely dependent on or bound up with the artificial life support systems and atmospheres it creates. The spacesuit is one example, but so might be the smartphone for many of us. I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of not. Think of all the ways in which the smartphone is a kind of spacesuit, an artificial life support system. We have created societies that are functionally dependent on digital media. The concept of the cyborg is even more important though because of the way it was pulled out of the lab and imagined by Donna Haraway as part of a socialist feminist critique of technocultural capitalism. Haraway is one of many to reckon with the question of what the creation of artificial intelligence and digital prostheses means for our bodies and the possibility of their future redundancy. Haraway's 1985 Cyborg Manifesto has been described by Wired magazine as a mixture of passionate polemic, abstruse theory and technological musing. It pulls off the not inconsiderable trick of turning the cyborg from an icon of Cold War power into a symbol of feminist liberation. It made Haraway a pivotal figure in the cyber-feminist movement, and 30 years later, it sparkles with originality and energy. It is a critical essay for anyone trying to think about the relations between our bodies, technology, capitalism and power. In Haraway's account, the cyborg is both a creature of social reality, that is, an actual physical technology already in existence, and a creature of fiction, the cyborg is both a way of addressing the present and reclaiming the future. Haraway is immensely critical of popular New Age or feminist discourses that arose out of the Californian 60s counterculture, discourses that essentialized nature and gender. I'd rather be a cyborg than a goddess, she proclaimed, in an effort to reject the received feminist view that science and technology were patriarchal forms of domination that blighted some essential natural human experience. As a socialist feminist, Haraway pays particular attention to how a technocultural science and information mode of capitalism reshapes human relationships, societies and bodies. She proposes that feminists think beyond gender categories, rejecting in a sense the binary of man and woman as socially and historically constructed categories always bound up in relations of domination. For her, the cyborg is a, both a way of understanding how our bodies are becoming organism-machine hybrids and a political category for articulating bodies outside of established modes of power that classified and controlled them using categories like gender, race and sexuality. Haraway echoed cybernetic ways of thinking. She was interested in how feminism might break down Western dualism and forms of exceptionalism by taking on the critical insight that all of us, humans, animals, the ecology of the planet itself, and the intelligent machines we were creating were all communication systems.
Haraway's cyborg aimed to break through or challenge some of the foundational patriarchal cultural myths of the West. In her words, the cyborg skips the step of original unity, of identification with nature in the Western sense. Unlike Frankenstein's monster, the cyborg does not expect its father to save it through a restoration of the garden. The cyborg must imagine, determine and program its own future. The main trouble with cyborgs, Haraway points out, is that they are the illegitimate offspring of militarism and patriarchal capitalism. But here's the moment of hope. Illegitimate offspring are often exceedingly unfaithful to their origins. And in this sense, the cyborg contains the possibility of transcendence, of breaking down established categories used to mark and dominate bodies. With the cyborg, perhaps we could start again creating a body and with it a human experience outside of patriarchal, militaristic and capitalist forms of domination. For Haraway, cyborgs are a construct that resist traditional dualist paradigms, capturing instead the contradictory, partial and strategic identities of the postmodern age. Haraway's cyborg explodes traditional dualisms or binaries that characterise Western thought, such as human-machine, male-female, mind-body, nature, culture, and so on. In this, she signals three crucial breakdowns that lead to the cyborg. First, by the late 20th century, the boundary between human and animal is thoroughly breached. We can see this in animal rights activism, scientific research that demonstrates the many similarities in biology and intelligence between humans and other species, and the development of biomedical procedures that combine animals and humans in new ways. For instance, growing human ears on mice. The cyborg as hybrid is able to identify with humans and animals. The second boundary breakdown is between living organism and machine. Haraway points out how earlier machines were not self-moving, self-designing or autonomous. Computer-assisted design, artificial intelligence and robotics had, from the late 20th century onwards, however, begun to collapse the distinction between natural and artificial, mind and body, self-developing and externally designed. The capabilities of technology begin to mimic our personalities and surpass our abilities so that, as Haraway comments, our machines are disturbingly lively and we ourselves frighteningly inert. Technological determinism does not necessarily guarantee the destruction of man by the machine, but rather, as cyborgs, our amalgamation with machines ensures our survival. Intelligent machines do not obliterate the human, they enhance, alter and transform it. The third breakdown is between the physical and non-physical, material and immaterial, real and virtual. This breakdown is evident in the ubiquity of microprocessors in contemporary life. The miniaturised nature of digital chips change our understanding of what a machine is. The microprocessor does not create objects as such. They are nothing but signals, electronic magnetic waves, a section of spectrum, and these machines are eminently portable and mobile. Haraway argues then that a cyborg world is about the final imposition of a grid of control on the planet. From another perspective, a cyborg world might be about lived social and bodily realities, in which people are not afraid of their joint kinship with animals and machines, not afraid of permanently partial identities and contradictory standpoints. A cyborg world is one where bodies are integrated into digital circuits in technical and cultural ways. In this process, it is no longer clear who makes and who is made in the relation between human and machine. 
no longer clear what is mind and what body in machines that resolve into coding practices. The distinction between machine and organism, of technical and organic, becomes impractical and perhaps even undesirable to attempt. The embodied experience of those of us who live in today's integrated digital circuits of smartphones, smart homes and biotechnologies know nothing other than a life lived within the techno-cultural atmospheres sustained in part by the weaving of life into digital processes. We cannot leave them behind. We are post-human in the sense that we are now knitted together with our artificial life support systems. That's what a post-human techno-culture is. If we are cyborgs, part biology, part machine, then our bodies are the site where the power of digital media to engineer life operates. The body is the touch point between life itself and the power of digital technologies to shape life. The body is the interface where power expands and where it might be jammed or rerouted. Thank you.